Yeah, it's cool to get shit to the masses. That sounds wonderful, but you could give me a strong five then give me a fake ass 100. Like legit, give me the real trill deal for show damn for the cost five and we'll make some shit happen, but don't give me a hundred for the sake of just having a hundred. I don't want that. Peace and light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective. Somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I cannot go to any episode or any interview or anything that I do without giving you guys a note of gratitude out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land. You choose to lend me your ears for about an hour or so (laughs) once a week, and I really appreciate that. Shout out to those who went to Yoga 101. It was about maybe a week and a half ago uh, with my girl Dre from Miniature Yogi. I really enjoyed um, the experience. It was really dope, good vibes, good people, good energy. I know I said that last episode, but I just got to thank you guys once again. I really appreciate the support um, that I get in all forms. I think I might talk about that at the end of the episode, but this is the beach series episode where while I was in St. Thomas about three weeks ago, I was beach hopping all throughout my trip and I brought my microphone to each beach that I went to. I even tried to take my microphone to a day sale, which I did not realize was an actual party on the boat. I knew it was a party on the boat, but I didn't realize that the way the boats docked up to the beach, you had to jump off the boat into the ocean (laughs) in order to get to shore. So um, I missed a day of of recording there, but it was a really fun experience. I had a lot of fun jumping off of a boat. I was terrified because... My ass could not swim. Shout out to Noel from Afro Swimmers. Hopefully, I will learn how to swim before I get out of Atlanta (laughs) sooner than later. But um, it was really cool because I literally took my microphone and my recorder and I sat down on a beach and was just recording. And it was so funny because people were looking at me like I was crazy, y'all. They was looking at me like, what the hell is this girl doing? And um, each time I recorded, it was like different vibes and atmospheres one beach I went to it was quiet and serene another beach I went to it was like you know a lot of people in the background having a good time most of them was my family members um that just so happened to be at the beach when me and my cousin pulled up so that was dope there's a lot of familial energy and a lot of doves making noise and um pelicans like diving head first into the water to get fish I thought that was cool too and then another beach I went to it was me and my sister chilling and then you know, some rosters came up, started blasting music, which was cool. <laughs> Literally like 10 feet behind me. And I was like, you know what? I like the music. I'm going to keep recording. It was a cool vibe. So, yeah, it was just a lot of random thoughts. I didn't really have a game plan this episode, y'all. It was just a lot of reflection and a lot of releasing. And I decided to do it on record. So, um, yeah, with that being said, <laughs> enjoy uh, Beach Wisdom. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, the spiritual hunger, and I am live from Island Beachcomber, the beach in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, and this is the first episode of my beach uh, beach series, basically where I just sit, me and my sister, uh, sister homegirl. Hey, tweet, say hi. What going on? What going on? <laughs> so it's basically where I sit with her or by myself, and I have my microphone on the beach, and I let the energy of the ancestors that have been on this island for about 300 years. The better part, 300 years, guide my thoughts and um, what this episode is going to be about. So 
I want to talk about things I've learned in the past year, whether it's been indirect or direct. As y'all know, I've had a birthday over during Aries season, and I want to do this episode sooner, but I said, you know what? Let me pause and just kind of reflect on some of the things I've learned over this past year from last episode and now. So now that I'm at the ancestral home, I'm like, you know what? Let's just get the vibe of what it feels like to be home for me. Energetically, this is home. This is current, like, ancestral home. And um, I know some of y'all know that I'm moving to California by the end of this year. And um, California gives me the same energy of the Virgin Islands, but more in like a, it's more like a future home. So that's actually why I'm moving energetically, it feels right. And um, I'm in a really good place in my life to where I think it's time to explore new things and see what's up. So with that being said, I want to go over a few quick things that I have learned over this past birthday and now, um, whether it's been indirectly or directly. The first thing I've learned is toxic people get upset when they can't hurt you anymore. And I know I did an episode on toxic people and hater 101. Um, and I did like a mini story on frenemies. And the reason why I um, say that is because toxic people move from a place of ego. They want to be able to see if they're validated by how they're able to affect you. Whether they can engage you, whether they can piss you off. They want to see how much you care. They want to see if, it, if they're relevant to you. That's why they do things like attack you, attack your character, attack your reputation, attack your business if you have one. They try to um, they try to hold you to things that you've grown from. They try to remember like things about you that you're not even, that's not even you anymore. And I know a lot of y'all can relate because y'all hit me up about people in your family that are like that, a boyfriends, girlfriends, exes, your boss. They purposely have an expectation of you that they think you are. And they want you to fit that mold. And when you decide to grow and you want to do other things, not saying you're perfect, because I know I'm not perfect. You know, we all grow and learn and we evolve. But when people see that, they get upset and they project their inability to grow and evolve on their own onto you. So since they don't have personal power of their own, whether they choose to ignore it or, or what, or they don't realize they have it, they do decide that fucking with your power is good enough for them. And that's where the issues start. And that's where the situations become um, unhealthy or, or toxic. So I'm saying all that to say that when a toxic person wants to engage you, they're doing that to test how powerful they are over you. And don't let them suck or vampire or, or leash your power off of you. Stay focused. Remember that you have energy that's precious and powerful and that you don't need to put that towards stuff that you know ain't gonna benefit you in the end. Let's say if somebody calls you a name and you have to defend yourself and you argue with them, okay, what's, what's next? You, now you're angry. Now you know, you're over here throwing your chakras off. All these hormones are starting to rush towards your body. They're not healthy. You know, you're over here putting your body in fight or flight situations that don't need to be because you're trying to defend yourself to somebody who really don't matter at the end of the day. So um, don't don't engage people that do that. Let them think what they think of you. What other people think of you ain't really your business. As long as who you are matters to you more than anything else, do your thing. And that leads me to my next lesson. Don't ever let nobody tell you how to think about you. And I say that because everybody want to be a judge. That's why I keep spiritual homegirl from a very homegirl, pure, just like your perspective. I don't want to judge y'all. I don't want to act like I'm so righteous or so bomb or so so holier than thou that I can't be beneath the same the same stuff sometimes, you know? People do that. People like to be able to measure themselves against other people. And I'm saying stop. People like to be able to dictate how other people are. They can't even dictate shit about themselves. So when a person tries to tell you who you are, don't. Don't let them. Sometimes people will purposely drop seeds over you to, to make it believable, you know, or, or like, for instance, I remember a man telling me a couple years ago, you're too masculine. I said, excuse me? 
he was like, you're too masculine. The way you, the way you address things, and I was, he was like, you're, you know, you're just too direct. You low-key come off like one of my boys. And I could see if I was over here grabbing my nuts and, and doing stuff like that. But I was like, yo, like, what is this about? Like, you mean because I call you on your stuff and I don't let you just talk to me any kind of way and I don't let you address me any kind of way and I know who I am and I know that I'm growing to be a woman that I want to be, whether it's going to be a future wife, mother, matriarch, you know what I mean? Because I'm because I'm confident in that, you know? Like, I don't know what that's about. So, and honestly, I actually um, thought about it. I said, you know, am I too masculine? And then I realized this is a person who's insecure with themselves. He don't really know who he was. Which it's okay, you know, but if you don't know who you are, don't you dare try to open your mouth to tell somebody else who they are. Right? One plus one equals two, right? Makes sense, right? So, again, don't ever let nobody, and especially social media, don't let nobody, especially on the internet or even your own family or your friends or your boss tell you who you are. If you have been out here giving it your best effort and you've been out here making moves and you've been growing and you've been cognizant of the changes you've been through. Like, I remember somebody got into an altercation with somebody, um, a verbal one, a verbal one, and this person said, oh, you supposed to be so spiritual. You supposed to rise above. And I said, "Well, my spiritual journey has kept me from fucking you up." That's what we call the spiritual journey on my end. Growing, knowing that had this been ten years ago, I would have been in your face. I would have been throwing hands. But knowing that since I understand that being spiritual is about being my best self, I know that I can't fight you. I know that fighting you is not going to do anything. At the end of the day, if I fight you because you're mad at me, what does that do? We have things to lose, possibly our freedom. In this day and age, I ain't trying to deal with no police on that side. Um, especially women with this whole Waffle House incident. Very disappointing, but that's another another uh, episode. And if somebody want to fight me because they broken or because they feel like, you know, I make them feel away, it does nothing for me. It does everything for them. I'm not going to give nobody the privilege of being able to say that they got one on me, got me, got a fade on me for them. No. And if somebody, feel, and this goes back with the whole toxic thing. Sometimes those toxic situations happen because, again, they want to dictate who you are as if they don't have their own work to do. Again, let them do their own work, bro. Love them from a distance and call today. You know you ain't perfect. You know they not perfect. But what we not going to do is we not going to be judging jury on other folks. You know? But at the same time, next lesson. Sometimes you got to call spade a spade. Now, I know you probably thinking, oh, that sounds hella contradictory. But the gag is, life ain't always that black and white, right? Sometimes, perception is a reality. And I'm not saying that it is the reality. Because, again, we all have different lenses. So I'm not saying that, you know, perception is the correct reality. But I'm also saying that sometimes you may have to watch how you present yourself to avoid people being able to talk shit about you. What I mean by that is sometimes you got to keep your moves to yourself. Sometimes you got to keep your business to yourself because sometimes people don't want to hear it because they care. Sometimes folks want to hear it because they want to know that you out here fucking up or they want to hear that you out here suffering or they want to hear that, you know, they want to be able to say, you know what, good. I'm glad that she out here going through stuff. It makes people, some people are happy that um, other people are humanized or have an element of suffering for some reason. I'm not sure why. I remember one time um, going through something and somebody was like, oh man, you know, uh, I used to think that you used to put yourself on this pedestal, but I was kind of like, a part of me, don't feel, don't feel, you know, mad when I say this, but a part of me was kind of like happy that you were suffering because I wanted to make sure that you were able to feel. And I was like, wow, you are fucking crazy. <laughs> so, again, to avoid, you know, putting yourself in a position where, you know, people are using your own information against you to try to tell you what, you know, who you are and things like that. Everybody has to be assessed to where um, people can be trusted. Like, everybody doesn't have your best interest at heart. Everybody don't want you to win. Everybody wants to see if you're going to be able to, uh, you know, fly or flop. 
and um, if you really don't trust whoever it is you're dealing with, you have the right to protect your energy, to protect your business, protect your ideas, protect your intellectual property. It's okay. If it don't feel right, don't go with it. I don't know if y'all know, so I'm giving all these lessons basically in one, in one shot. If it doesn't feel right, do not do it. Your intuition will never steer you wrong. I know as much as it's scared to like, we're scared to trust it. It really doesn't. Um, it never. It doesn't fail you. It doesn't do you wrong. I had a situation when I was younger, about ten years ago. There was a guy I was seeing, and um, he was from the south side, and I wanted to see him. And he said, okay, um, you can't see me for a couple of hours. And me being, you know, hard-headed ass Aries and being impatient and stuff. And I said, no, 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 I want to see you now. I want to see you now. I'm not going to sit here and wait another couple of hours. I've been waiting all day. He said, look, Maria, leave it alone. I said, no. He said, okay, fine. You want to see me? Meet me here at this location in about half an hour. So I rode over to the south side. And I've seen him at the QC. And I noticed that there's a crew of cars with him. He said, let's go. So I follow him. And at the time I was driving my grandmother's 1996 Buick LeSabre. So it was super duper duper old. <laughs> to the point where the gas tank, ain't, like the little gas tank indicator for the light didn't work. So sometimes that mug would just stop <laughs> in mid drive. Who's scary? Anywho, I'm not familiar with the south side of town like I am with the east side because I'm from Stone Mountain, east side representing. Y'all know I can't ever do an episode without doing that. But anywho. We go to a couple of turns down the road. We go into this one-way cul-de-sac apartment complex. And um, I don't know if it was in College Park. I think it was in College Park. And I'm the last car in this caravan. And I'm wondering what they're doing. I'm thinking maybe they're picking up one of their partners or whatever. And I realize somebody get out the car and heads towards one of the cars that's parking. At this moment, I realize my, my game, I let, I let my impatience overtake my game that day. Because some told me, just let it ride. But I was like, nah, nah, nah. I got to have it my way. I got to do it now. I got to do it now. For those who have never listened to the first episode of Spiritual Hunger, I do admit that I'm a former petty, petty princess and control freak. So that was my control freak saying, you know, forget the intuition. I, we got to do this. I want to do this. My mind wants to do this. So we get to the um, cul-de-sac, and I'm seeing these two guys, and I started to put my car in reverse because I already know that this is about to be a grand theft auto situation. I can't afford no felony. I start cutting my wheel. He starts actually trying to, um, I'm trying to slowly back out because, again, I'm the last car in this caravan. He tries to um, pop the car open. There's a light that turns on at the beginning of, or the front of his um, townhouse that he was trying to take the car from. And when I say the door slam open and everybody starts skirt, like cutting wheels, doing donuts, trying to get out. And I had to dip up out of there. That's not realized. You know what, Maria? Had you listened to your intuition, your ass wouldn't have been in a situation where you would have been in a potentially felony situation. That's not cool. And, yeah, you can say, oh, yeah, you were young, you were young. But even then, I was young enough to know that that gut feeling, that intuition told me not to do it. So don't ignore that. Ever since that day, I've never ignored my intuition, ever. And if you guys have ignored your intuition, please, if y'all don't ever learn from no other example, please take that as an example that that will not steer you wrong. I should have stayed my ass at home. <laughs> what else? Sometimes love and reciprocity does not conquer all. Sometimes the path merged so far apart that it can never go back to the way it was, and that's okay, you know? One of my favorite movies on earth is New Jack City with Wesley Snipes and Christopher Williams and um, uh, Michael Michelle and, um, and uh, what's his name? Alan Payne. Alan Payne played G. Oh, and Vanessa, uh, Vanessa, yeah, Vanessa Williams. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always confuse them because, you know, um, the former Miss America, I think hers is Vanessa L. Williams. But anyway, 
So there's a part in the movie where Ice-T, who plays an undercover cop, and Chris Rock, who plays Smokey. No, no, Pookie. Oh, what were we thinking about Friday? He plays Pookie. But he basically infiltrates the system. Pookie does. And where's a wire for Ice-T and them to watch at the um, CMB Cash Money Brothers headquarters, right? And they're getting all this information from Pookie's wire. And G, who is Alan Payne's character, who is Nino Brown's brother, who was played by Wesley Snipes, he basically is like, you know, yo, this fool got a wire on him. So they basically have to kill Pookie, destroy the wire, and destroy all evidence of this high-rise apartment building to get rid of the drugs and to get rid of the records to avoid being caught, right? Because they got a whole multi-million dollar drug operation. So at this point, Nino Brown's pissed because his brother that he trusted to run his business, again, loved his brother, was his right-hand man, They basically, he, he ruined his business. This multi-million dollar operation in less than, you know, a day. So G meets him on the rooftop, and you know Brian is pissed, and G's like, yo, yo, you know, I'm sorry, bro, I didn't know. He's trying to blame other people but himself, and you know Brian's looking at him like, yeah, I feel you, but but not really. So then he's like, man, we can always, we can start it again, man, we can do it like old times. We can run it back. We can do this. We can do this. I just wanted to go back to the way it was. And then you know Brown says, I'm on the run, G. I'll never go back to the way it was. And he ends up shooting G and killing him. Now, I know you're probably like, damn, this is supposed to be a spiritual homegirl podcast. Why are you talking about murder? Because sometimes, as much as you love somebody and as much as you want to forgive and, and move forward, sometimes it takes a lot of time to get back to the way, quote, unquote, things used to be. The way that vibe was there, the way that love was there, that trust was there. You know, that compatibility energy, you know? And sometimes you get to a place where it, the, the, the lines or the mistakes have gone so far that it can't be that way. Sometimes it can get back to that. Sometimes y'all can get to a certain level, but it'll never be the exact same. And I'm saying that when that happens to you, that's okay. From a relationship standpoint, you might, you know, you might have been digging somebody. You might have loved someone or been curious to see what the future could have brought in terms of the connection. Might have been interested in a lifetime, you know, of, of getting to know and love and learn this person. And then they might fall in love with somebody else and have a whole ass baby. I've seen that a lot. Shit, it's happened to me too. It's happened to me, I think, once. Once recently. And that's okay. And, you know, it's up to you in terms of whether you're going to deal with that. But I know for me, if someone has a whole um, a whole family to take care of, the last thing I would be worrying about is my connection with this person. They got bigger priorities at stake. So I'm saying that sometimes things may end up going too far apart, and you may want to th make things work, and you may still want to explore that. But the opportunity to, to also kind of walk away from that and kind of try a, the, the connection in a different form or a different way or have it at a different level or a different frequency, that is also okay. You can still love somebody and don't have to expect things to work out romantically because again a person may have a family or you may have gotten married to someone or you may be relationship with somebody else there might be that love there that person still may be attracted to you or may love you but that's not who you with at the, at the moment you know y'all not with each other and it's okay to kind of you know if you still really love that person unconditionally it's okay to explore that bond and that connection on a different level so that's another thing also, if you're professionally miserable, bounce. Oh, my God, bounce. I got out of one of the most toxic jobs of my adult life recently, and I say, life is amazing. Now, granted, some people say, oh, we'll leave with a plan. Look, you're going to have to know what's best for you. It's nice to come with a plan, but sometimes there are jobs that the, the reaction to the stress can make you sick. It can make your energy low. It can make you reclusive. It can make you antisocial. It'll change your whole ass personality. It'll change your vibration. It'll make you moody. It'll make you depressed. It'll cause other health problems, high blood pressure. You're making bad eating choices, you know? So if you know this about yourself, figure out what makes you happy. What can I do for a living that makes me happy? And really do your research. And if you are a planner, then go ahead and do it. But if you're also an emotional person, you're like, yo, if it's vibes, you know, vibes is bad, I'm out. 
immediately. If that's the case, then understand that you still got to figure out a way to make this shake in terms of, you know, bills or rent or if you have children. So just know what you're doing. You know, if you want to leave, that's fine. But again, just know what you're doing when you're leaving. If you're going to leave with a plan, plan up, bro. Do your thing. Just don't be stuck in, in the security to where it's costing you your happiness. It's not worth that. My grandfather passed away March 29th. He was an entrepreneur. Seven kids, 33 grandchildren, 44 great-grandchildren. He's actually the main reason I brought myself down here because I went to uh, his memorial service um, the, the second day I was here. But, you know, if you have to, um, if you have to kind of evaluate other people's lives that inspire you like I did with my grandfather, I realized this man was able to live on his own terms as much as he could. He was an entrepreneur, he saw a legacy of four generations, and life is truly too short. Our relatives and even us, we're here one day and we're gone the next. And life is entirely too short to be unhappy. Also, I wonder if we should question the phrase, if you have to choose between me or someone else, choose someone else. I get it, but it's almost like, have you ever yourself been in a situation where you've had some options and may, one may have been better than the other or one may have been more compatible, but you still may have cared for the other ones? It's just a random thought I just had. I just had to interrupt the whole flow of this because I was curious about that. I used to feel that way because that was some ego shit. I used to be like, if you got to choose between me and another one, choose them. But then I've also thought of situations where I've been in a situation where I've had to choose between somebody's grown-ass son that was dope and somebody's grown-ass son that was a little doper, and I chose them. But I guess, you know, again, if, if we end up getting, um, I don't want to say second, but we end up getting, you know, kind of off to the side because someone else chose another person, it's up to you to determine whether you're going to keep that door open once they come back. Because honestly, most times they do. <laughs> oh, I'm tripping. Anyway. Also, authenticity and transparency is subjective. I love when someone tries to say, oh, they not authentic, they not real, they not transparent. By, by whose standards though, baby, yours? And I'm gonna check myself on that. Is someone really authentic or transparent, truly and really? Like, why, like, it's so subjective. Being spiritual is subjective. Love is subjective. Hate is subjective. Success, happiness, enlightenment is success. I mean, that, all that stuff is like subjective. So when someone says, oh, somebody not real, you ain't real. Again, that comes from a whole nother lens of pers uh, pers perspective and perception, which leads to my next lesson. Expectations are dangerous. One thing I've seen on social media is that people like to hold folks to a, um, a bar. And I don't think that's fair to the people because these folks don't even know they're being held to a bar. Like, social media personalities, they'll post something and somebody will say, oh, I'm unfollowing you. That's not what I expected at this page. But the gag is you shouldn't have had them expectations to begin with. They're a whole nother person. You can't dictate how a person's supposed to fit your narrative or fit your, your approval. That's not fair. That's almost like somebody saying, I expected better of you. Would you want that pressure on you? It's not fair. So I'm saying stop holding these people that you don't know to these high expectations that they don't even know they're being held to. It's not fair to them, but it's not fair to you to get emotionally invested or energetically invested in somebody that you truly don't know, and all of a sudden you're getting disappointed when you're the person that put yourself in that situation. And again, I ain't above it. As much as I tell you, I am not perfect. I am not holier than thou. I am never above my own episodes, knowledge, or advice. So I've been there, and once I realize that I can't hold folks these expectations, life has been a lot better. And my next point is, social media ain't real. It's still a false reality. If y'all have been down with the show from the beginning, I think episode 14 was the social, no, no, no. Was it the social media matrix? I don't remember what episode number it was, because like I said, I'm over here jamming on the beach. I know you can hear the music in the background. But um, Dr. Giselle Cunningham and I talked about social media and the effects of mental health. I'll put the uh, episode number in the show notes or the link so you can listen to it. But I just don't want you guys really out here living your life based on social media. It is not real, y'all. 
And the reason why I say it's not real is it's an alternate reality. You can always access it whenever you feel like it, but it's not something you wake up and interact with. Like, you know, you don't breathe. You know, it's not like breathing. It's not like eating. It's not like sleeping. That's something we have to tap into in order to get the perception and get, you know, the knowledge and get things that we're, we're dealing with or find out what people, you know, got going on. Social media does not beat person-to-person -person interaction. It does not beat a conversation, like a, a direct conversation. It doesn't beat physically touching somebody. It doesn't beat, you know, even a FaceTime conversation. Like, you know, I just don't want you guys to tap in and, again, feel like social media is, is up there with eating, breathing, um, and shitting, and sleeping because it's not. Again, there's some people who keep it funky. There's some folks who, you know, like to project the image. And, again, that's why I say it's not a reality because it's like it's, it's nothing to take from your life to where it should trump your own systems, ethics, morals, and values. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't let social media dictate that for you. Like with Spiritual Homegirl, don't even let Spiritual Homegirl dictate how you should live your life. As much as I say, you know, trust the journey, trust yourself every episode because that's what I want you guys to do. I provide lots of different perspectives, whether mine or someone else's. It's like a buffet of information. You can take what, what you want to eat and you can leave what you don't want to eat. And that's okay because again, that intuition I mentioned earlier will never steer you wrong. Also, is there anything else? I think that's it. I think I'm gonna do a challenge on Make Peace With The Day. I have a new account called Make Peace With The Day. I know some of y'all know that on social media, every night I ask you guys that, and um, I don't want y'all to think that I be out here nosy looking at the polls, wondering if you yourself made peace with the day. It's not about that. It's about you being able to consciously choose, hey, that, was I able to be you know, okay with what happened today, regardless of how it made me feel, regardless of whether it went my way? Can I actually take inventory of today all the way through and be okay with that to take, you know, to, to you know, let it go and try again and give it my best effort the next day? That's what it really is all about, and that's why I do that. So, um, follow May Peace of the Day on Instagram. Um, I'm going to do some stuff with that really soon. I'm going to actually do a challenge really soon. I'm actually going to go to the beach tomorrow and brainstorm on how to actually roll that out. I'm really excited. I hope you guys join me. But um, that was it. That's today's episode. It's relatively short, but those are lessons that I have learned. For those who want to uh, check in what I got going on, you can check me out at spiritualhomegirl.com, Instagram, spiritualhomegirl, YouTube, spiritualhomegirl, Twitter, um, spirithomegirl. And again, make peace with the day. I'm really excited about what life has to offer. Um, going here with this being like next to the beach, it always gives me a great release. And I tell y'all, every time I touch down St. Thomas, it's a weight lifted off my shoulders. Like literally when I'm on the plane, it's a weight lifted, and then when I actually hit the water, the ancestral waters, something in my heart chakra, it's almost like a, like a grounding cord. I can literally feel the grounding cord come all the way from, sometimes it'll be the heart chakra all the way down through the solar plexus, the sacral and the root chakra, and it'll go straight to the water. Or I can feel it um, in my ashna or my crown chakra. And it, it, to me, it's like an automatic grounding exercise in connecting with what's real and what's true and what's good for me. And I thank the ancestors and I thank you know, the universe for that. And it makes me feel really good. And I hope you guys have a place where you guys can feel safe and feel protected and feel at home. Because I think you know that's really important. We all need a home and we all need to feel, again, safe and protected. I pulled a card today also that said, oh yeah, shout out to Erin Brown, by the way. Erin Brown's out here doing her thing in these spiritual streets as well. She does workshops and she has a, um, a deck of self-affirmation cards called the Sovereign Deck. And she was very kind to send me a deck right before I went to St. Thomas. It's almost like she knew I needed it immediately. Because um, I was very happy that I saw her. I just came across her, uh, her page and was like, oh shit, she got a deck, I gotta get one. So the deck uh, card that I pulled was, I deserve relationships that are mutually fulfilling. 
And um, it's really important that we have mutually fulfilling relationships because sometimes we want to be unconditional. We want to be there for someone so much to where we will let our cup go empty and somebody, else, somebody else's cup will be full and they'll still be looking for more water. And it's not fair. And I think that, you know, reciprocity is a beautiful thing. I know sometimes we say don't, don't have expectations, but when you get that reciprocity, it shows that you guys are on the same frequency, the same wavelength, and you still want to have a, benefit, uh, excuse me, a mutually beneficial relationship. And um, I think that's important. Now, I don't really know if it's 50-50 because sometimes you might be that 80, that 20, that 60, that 40. Sometimes you guys can kind of, you know, find what works for you in terms of the masculine energy, feminine energy principle, and help balance each other that way. You know, the whole yin and yang thing. But um, if you know this person adds value to your life and you add just as much value, keep them around. Cherish them, celebrate them, give them their flowers while they're here. Um, Wow, that was a whole windstorm that just went past me. Oh, my God, I hope y'all didn't miss nothing. But if there is somebody in your life that um, that you do cherish, that, that makes you feel like, you know, you guys can mutually water each other's plants energetically, spiritually, however, keep them around. But, yeah, it's time to get off the beach. It's, I got to get ready for Village. Village is like this um, festival every night, and this is like the night. So um, all the dope Virgin Island bands are going to be there. It's going to definitely be a ting. It's a jam, as they say. I've been having a really jokey version of the access since I've been here. I'm trying to figure out what some other stuff. We're going to lime tonight. Oh, and then funny news. So I went to the, the festival last night, right? And, you know, it, it, the past times I've gone, it hasn't been any violence. It's the first time in a couple of years where there was actually a fight. It was a fight at festival. And there was a Virgin Island Soca band. If you ever heard Virgin Island Soca, I highly suggest you <laughs> click this other link in my show notes so you can hear the example of the music that we're playing. They were playing a regular song and they saw a fight. They said, stop, 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 we need VIP to the stage, VIP to the stage. And then they started playing Kirk Franklin's My Life Is In Your Hands. But they did a soca version of it. And when I say I fell out, they said, we're going to give y'all the spirit of Jesus. Because y'all out here losing y'all minds fighting. But, um, but that's all. Hey, y'all, it's your girl Maria, the spiritual homegirl. And we are... Live with another episode, at least live right now, with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. And before I get started, y'all know I cannot go through uh, or do any anything without thanking y'all for your support and your listens. Out of the tens of thousands of podcasts that are in podcast lane, choosing to listen to mine for about an hour or so once a week, and I hella appreciate that. Um, where 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 do I start? I mean. I'm here at Megan's Bay, which is in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. For those who do not know my, what's that? Oh, my aunt just came and fixed my bikini bottom. Was, was I ass out just now? No, it was nice, but your tag was. Oh, thank you. Okay, I was tag out, not ass out, so that's cool. So, um, shout out to Auntie Odette. <laughs> but um, for those who do not know, my father is from the Virgin Islands, and I make it a point to try to be um, there for as many things as possible um, as you know Atlanta and St. Thomas or St. Croix is a very far distance and you know them ticket prices be tripping you know what I'm saying but um, for those who do not know my paternal grandfather who was my father's father he passed away um, and his memorial service was this week and it was during carnival week so I said you know what I'm going to go hard this week for the sake of the ancestors and for the sake of family and for the sake of culture and um I just, I don't know, like, I was like, you know, it was on a Monday, and I had already spent $800 for a ticket, so I said, you know what, let me just stay for a couple extra days and just get in some good family time. My sister was here, my brother was here, I also have some other sisters and, and a brother, um, 
as well, but they were not here. But I was able to catch up with my father and my uncles and my aunties and other cousins and um, some friends. So it actually, it actually was pretty cool. I'm really glad that I came down here. I got a few more days on my trip before I get back home to Atlanta, and then I'll be preparing to um, get to L.A. I'm not moving to L.A. like immediately, not like in the next 30 days or so, but that time is for sure coming. I mentioned that in the last episode, last couple episodes. I think I told everybody on Yoga 101, but if this is your first time listening to the actual podcast, and this, you know, I'm, I'm moving to Los Angeles sooner than later. So, yeah, it feels good. I don't know if I have a topic today. I'm just, i just been, been kind of kicking it, and I've been getting some real good releasing done. Um, I went, I love going to the beach. Grounding is cool. For those who don't know, the short version of grounding is you're pretty much resetting, recharging your energies. It can be done in many different ways. Some people do it with like sage or palo or cleansing, you know, spaces or smudging themselves, I should say. Um, some people do it going outside. I know I'm going to do it outside. I like to smudge, of course, but there's nothing better than being able to put your feet on mama earth and just being able to visualize the energies from below and above connecting together as well as connecting to yourself and um, just being one, you know? Again, like this whole thing, this whole spiritual thing is very subjective. So my version of grounding or even version of smudging might be different from what you might see on Instagram <laughs> or other places, and that's okay. Just like rituals. Rituals are very different too. Um, whatever you do on the journey, make sure you do it, you know, to a, in a place that makes you, or to a, or to a, um, well, how am I trying to say this? Do what makes you feel comfortable, if that makes sense. You know, like we all, like I always say, are trying to figure things out one day at a time. And I really believe that nobody's way is better than the other. Just like nobody's intuition is better than your own. Um, just like nobody's happiness or nobody's, you know, blueprint of happiness is better than the one you create for yourself. So um, I wish I had a, a whole ass topic, but I guess we'll just be chopping it up today while I'm here at the beach. But um, I'm looking around. And we get so much inspiration, or we can get so much inspiration from what we see. And I've been watching, I found a dove, y'all. Oh, oh, my God. So i seen these doves. And, you know, I'm used to the stage, you know, doves, white, prince, you know, when doves cry, you know, whatever. I see some doves walking all through the sand just chilling. And I was like, what are these, pigeons? They're like, no, baby, that's doves. I was like, oh, my God, I learned something new today. <laughs> as much as I like to, like, get to know more about animals and kick it with the animals, like, the islands is the perfect place. When I'm talking about you're going to see some random-ass chickens chilling, walking next to you, chilling. They're like the version of, I look at it like cocks. That's what they call them out here. Cocks are like the version of squirrels up here. Like, if you see hella squirrels in the States, you know, or, um, well, I don't really know any other examples because I've only, I can really talk, like, for real, for real about, like, the Southern experience. For sure, but squirrels and cocks are like two in the same here. You see them crossing the street. You see them walking in public square. You see them on the beach. It's really funny. It's actually pretty dope. Then you see like these, um, hold on. Hey, Chloe, what's the name of those birds that keep like deep diving in the ocean? Those are pelicans? See, this is how much I don't be at the beach like that. Like, I've been watching these birds circle above, right, past the lifeguard point. And when I say they've been buzzing, 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 and they've been eyeing, looking for fish under the water, and they just randomly dive in this water. They just dive. 
if I can take a picture, I swear I'll, I'll post it on my YouTube. But like looking at all the animals and the birds on the beaches, it kind of like makes you relate to your own human experience. You know, because much as we say we're spirits having human experiences, you know, we try to deny this whole human stuff sometimes because we want to be more of a spiritual being. And I know I can say that because I used to be like that too. I used to be like, oh, I'm not a human. I'm a spirit having a human experience. I mean, because we are. Like, I used to always downplay is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we're spirits having a human experience, but, you know, I just learned to embrace the human side of me because this is the experience I'm having right now. And I feel like you can't have one without the other, to be honest. Some people may disagree, and that's cool because, you know, everyone has different perspectives. But I feel like the human experience is not to be shunned. But anyway, I totally went on a tangent. Anyway, so the Pelicans have been going in and, like, diving like when I say just randomly diving into this ocean looking for fish and I'm just like these pelicans are bold as hell you have a whole ass national park they call the beaches out here national parks but they just really out here just they don't care who's watching they don't care about no humans they don't care about no cell phone cameras they don't care about nothing they don't even care about the humans that's in the ocean because their mission ain't the humans their mission is to eat they want the fish and when I look, I look at them, I keep looking at them, and I'm just like, yo, like, if only we lived our life like some pelicans. You know? These people don't, these birds don't care. These birds got a mission, and they know that they got to they gotta get that mission handled. And regardless of who's around, or regardless of how they look, or regardless of what else is around, they have a laser-like focus or um, tunnel vision to get in where they fit in. It's something as simple as eating, you know what I'm saying? Like... I've taken a really good lesson from that. I know I've been procrastinating on certain things, and I'm just looking at this, and I'm just like, damn. Also, there's something I wanted to address, too, on um, on air. I was wondering, should I say anything, but I don't care. Like, at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. Everybody doesn't have to agree with what I have to say. But um, don't let social media standards and I think I said this on a, another episode in my beach series but don't let social media dictate your standards or your moral compass please don't because there's so many different extremes that we have and um, sometimes like for instance I remember seeing on the free the free roots account you're a queen until you are or until you show yourself not to be fit for consumption, meaning you're a queen until you're not beneficial to someone, you know, or you're not a perfect example of a goddess or whatever by someone else's standards. Um, until you show, you know, you're you're good until you realize that you know you're not for for fucking, <laughs> or you're not for you know entertaining, you know. So just don't let people's extreme views or even people's other views. Don't even let my views tell you how to live your life. Please don't. Everyone, I believe, has all of these great things and these great qualities and these great um, talents within them. And if only we all knew that, that would be, like, so dope. Like, I don't, I just don't want people to look at a label of a healer or an empath or a psychic or a clairvoyant or a spiritual being and feel like they can't be one. Labels ain't shit at the end of the day. Like I tell y'all, all this shit is subjective, you feel me? And, um, like, I, I wish people, like, somebody told me I want to be more spiritual. And I said, what do you mean? I just want to be more spiritual. And I'm like, it's, like, can you put that in words? I, do, I don't know. I just want to be more like, like, who I, like, I see you and they tag, like, other people on Instagram. I'm like, no, don't be like us. Be like you. You're already spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
that's not, we should not, and when I say we, I mean all of us, looking at other people should not be a guide on how to be. If anything, just be transparent, just be authentic. And just, I mean, for me, that's, that's what works for me. I know here at the end of the day, I ain't perfect. You know what I'm saying? I don't ever try to act like I'm above anybody. Now, granted, I be making mistakes. I be fucking up just like y'all. Um, I try not to make the same mistake twice, but, you know, the way life happens, sometimes that happens, sometimes that doesn't. I try not to make it a, a recurrent thing, but, you know. Um, and I would hate for anybody to think that I'm out here with my shit together 100%. And I'm out here perfect or I'm out here holier than thou because I'm not. I really am not. Um, I'm happy. I will say that. Like I said, another episode, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I've been in an uncomfortable stage of life for a few years now, and I started the podcast uncomfortable. Y'all might not have been able to tell, but like I said previously, uncomfortable doesn't mean miserable, and it doesn't mean sad. It just means that you're going through a lot of changes in life and you're transitioning, and um, hopefully it's something better. So uncomfortable doesn't have to be bad, uh, at least for me. For me, I can always find a positive spin on things or a way to, for it to work, you know? Um, what's another thing I want to talk about? I don't know if I want to make this a whole episode in terms of um, this next thought. But I asked on a poll about a couple of days ago. I said, true or false, being related and being family are two different things. And an overwhelming amount of you guys answered true. And um, I think maybe two people out of all the people that answered said no. And no answer is wrong. As no answer, I mean, no answer is wrong because it's, it's from your truth. It's from your lens, right? But for me, um, there's, there's definitely a difference. And it's for whatever reason, whether it's um, external conflicts that can't be fixed, personalities not meshing, um, incidents that may have happened, disrespect, whatever. Sometimes, you know, the greatest family sometimes are not the ones that's related to you. And that's okay. And um, it'd be nice to be a ride or die for family or even your friends, or even relationships, but sometimes you gotta remember, toxicity comes in all forms, whether it is of familial bonds, or partnerships, business partnerships, friendships, romantic, whatever. But in this case, in family, it would be a very ideal statement to say, hey, family sticks to everything between, you know, within thick and thin, and everything like that, but everybody's family dynamic is different, and everybody's standards, um, in terms of what creates a bond, is different per person, you know, trust and things like that. Um, I've seen family dramas play out online, and that's a sad thing. That's the saddest thing to me because it's, it just shows that um, it can't be handled privately. And it's just like, damn. Again, I don't like to knock nobody because I've definitely popped off online. Now, not towards no, well, yeah, I have. I actually have. Like maybe 10 years ago. So I can, I can never sit there and be like, oh, that's whack as fuck because I definitely did it when I was younger. But um, it's just like, damn, you just hate to see stuff like that. And, um, or it turns into violence, you know, families fighting each other, brother and sisters physically fighting, uncles, aunties, you know, cousins, you know, putting hands on each other. Um, but there's so many different things that make up being true family for me. And um, I think being able to trust and being able to respectfully work out your differences is a, re is a requirement of mine, even if it doesn't have to be immediately, you know. Time heals a lot of things or gives space to breathe or gives things a lot of space to breathe. And I think that when, um, if you're able to come back and get that space and still resolve it, that's really important for me, at least. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> if I can trust you, if we can work out our differences and it's nothing that's on those super uh, 
like hella, hella, hella trifling, disrespectful thing, then we good. Um, so yeah. I remember going to one of my childhood idols house, right? I'm not gonna say her name because I don't want to put her out there like that. But I had a, a ex, right? He's my ex fiance, he's the only one I ever had. And um, I was doing nothing one day, like just chilling at the house. He came by and said, hey, this particular person wants us to go to her house for dinner. I said, sure, okay. Cause it was a friend of her father, of his, well, his father was a friend of hers. So we said, cool. So we go over to this house on the east side and he doesn't know, well, he does know, but I had to hold it together because it's when I say like childhood, like I used to stand for this particular group back in the day, like it was a thing, you feel me? And um, I got to her house and I just saw her and I was just like, oh my God, like my inner like 10 year old, my, well actually my inner six to like 15 year old was just like spazzing, you feel me? I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And most people that know me know that I don't spaz for a lot of people unless it's what, Jada Pinkett, Tia Maori, which is spirit animal. I've always thought I was a third twin. Yes, I know that, that three people make triplets, but you know, it just makes sense to me at the time. And um, members of this particular group. So um, that, was, that was a really hella dope opportunity, but anywho. So we're all talking, and she was talking about how she had met her father's family, and she hadn't grown up with her father, but she ended up um, finding him after about 20, what, 20 years, 25 years? And um, there's other siblings that she's had as well, and how she was unable to form, at least at the time. I mean, this is years ago, so no, who knows what the status of those bonds are now. But she was telling me how, about how like there were some conflicts and things with members of her family that were blood, and how, you know, she didn't necessarily have to have that kind of bond because there were also other people that were um, like, you know, more external family members or, you know, friends that had been there for her in times where her blood family wasn't. And actually, I never thought about it being a difference between being family and being related until I went to her house. And when I, when I heard that, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, damn, why would you not, how can you not be family with the people that you're related to? But then when she broke it down like that, I said, you know what? It's more than just being related that makes you family. So I thought that was kind of dope. Um, and sometimes personalities just don't mesh. I mean, like, damn. Like, that's anywhere. Workplace, all that. So, and I know for me, like, if, it, if our personalities don't mesh, I don't give a fuck if we related or not. If we might not need to be around each other long term. I might. I still love you. I love you from a distance. But if we don't get along, like, personality-wise, we just don't get along. And that's cool. So, that's one thing I want to touch on, too. And also another thing I'm learning. Well, not learning, but I just keep getting reminders on. It's never, you know, we're never too good for reminders, right? And I'm never uh, above my own advice. But some shit you just got to let ride. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who has time to, like, force connections and things like that? Like, I just can't. Like, I realize how much time and energy that takes. And it's just like, who got time for this shit? I hope y'all don't. Like, I really hope y'all, like, think about a situation that you out here forcing that you're just putting energy towards that really don't serve you or that's toxic or don't feel good. Think about this, right? Do you know what else we could be doing with that energy? I know what I could be doing. I could be thinking about other event ideas. I could be thinking about the next Homegirl Supper Club. I could be thinking about, you know, if there's any other shirts I want to do. I could be thinking about my move. I could be trying to find other ways to, you know, other books to learn and, and different aspects of divinity to get into, you know what I'm saying? A new card deck to learn, you know? So it's just like, <sighs> but yet I'm wasting my energy on this, you know? So it's like, no need to, no need to force it. If it ain't moving the way you want it to move, walk away from it for, you know, for a little bit. For those who are also going through like things in their life where it just seems like it's just shitty and life doesn't get better, 
It does. I've been there. I've been in situations where I was damn near homeless, like maybe seven years ago. I had um, had a family emergency, and my employer at the time, me and my boss were not getting along. It's interesting that this whole um, concept of black women being treated like shit in the workplace is coming to the forefront because this is definitely what I was going through. I saw an interesting diagram that showed that the black woman comes to the workplace, she's welcome, she actually starts creating systems, policies, or creates accountability, then the workplace gets uncomfortable for her, and the next thing you know, she's out of the organization, whether she's left, you know, voluntarily or she's pushed out. And I actually had a situation where an employee was stealing, right? And I found the employee stealing. And when I say this girl has stole like thousands of dollars, and I happened to be the one that caught it. And so my boss said, hey, this employee is stealing money. And they were like, oh, I said, but the thing was, she was taking advantage of all the little cards. For those who work in restaurants, y'all know I used to be a restaurant manager. And for those who work in restaurants, y'all know that there's a card that managers might have to, like, you know, comp tables. This girl was out here, like, comping tables, whole-ass tables. We was thinking she was comping, like, birthday Sundays, right? You know, little, like, little stuff for birthdays, you know, a, a messed up, you know, $5 off, $10 off. No, she was using our cards and comping whole tables and then giving them the receipt and then taking all the money. So she would print the receipt out, you know. And then they would pay her directly. She would come to the table, you know, and then call it a day. Now, she did that on my card, like, I think two or three times. She did it on my boss's card way more and the other two bosses' uh, cards way more. So when I brought it to my boss's attention, the first thing that was going to happen was that we all were going to get in trouble, first off, because we did not um, properly use our cards. The rule was you weren't supposed to give your employees a card for nothing. But you know how that goes when you're in an environment where, you know, there might be some kind of trust amongst your employees. You, um, you know, you let them get the card. So he was more so concerned about his reputation, and he told me, well, I'm not finna go down like that. And I'm thinking to my head, shit, we finna go down anyway once these, uh, these income statements get to headquarters, so we might as well come clean with that. He said, oh, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I've been there for 20 years, and that's just not how I'm doing it. So I said, what do you suggest we do? He said, we, I say that we don't say anything. We let her stay here and work, and we'll get her out on another another um, another." like a fence. And I'm like, this woman that stole thousands of dollars from our corporation, we're not going to have a justifiable expense in another 21 days once these reports get to um, your boss. So I don't really know if that's going to be a good fit. And he said, you know, and plus I'm the one that found it. So it's going to be on me. The first thing they're going to say is, who found this? And I'm going to say, it's me. Well, how come you didn't tell us? So I already see the way this is going. If I follow chain of command, I follow my boss's, um, my boss's rules. I'm still going to suck <laughs> and eat dirt in the long run because I'm the one who found it. So technically, I have a personal responsibility, chain of command or not, to, you know, do the right thing. So I feel like I'm put in a situation where it's like, okay, do I follow chain of command, which is technically the corporate rules, or do I do what's right and I tell someone? So my mentor at the time was a director um, in another region. He wasn't our boss anymore, but I, I needed some help. He said, okay, well, I'm going to make it very easy for you. And I'm thinking, ah, yes. He says, now that you've told me, as your mentor, also an employee of said company, I'm giving you 48 hours to tell your director or else I'm going to tell her. And if I tell her, you're all going to get in trouble. I'm like, damn, I'm screwed out of the way. Like, I'm over here, but I got my direct boss telling me to not do the wrong thing. I mean, not to do the right thing and lie. I got my director that's forcing me in a position where I'm not comfortable to tell the truth. And um, 40, 48 hours later, I told my director. And um, I told my boss, I said, well, I'm just letting you know before, you know, because I at least tried to give him a courtesy. Like, you know, I had to do the right thing. Like, my conscience would not let me follow his rule. Like, I just thought that was bullshit. So he said, um, so you're going to tell her? I said, yeah, I just, I have to. And he said, you're going to regret that. And sure enough, 
he actually um, he actually found a loophole in something in a rule and actually got me put on suspension for like let me think for like a week or so like right out of the week at that time I had a relative going through something and um, I couldn't like they I just left I just left like he I was told he had 48 hours to live so I took off I was like well I'm already on suspension so I'm gonna leave and I came back with my resignation letter and I was done but the gag was I hadn't like planned anything out so I had basically resigned my lease that month a 12-month lease walked off the job like a week later <laughs> came back with a resignation I lived all the way like <laughs> like an hour from where my mom and them was at so I was like oh my god how am I gonna do this I didn't have no money coming in and I basically had to in my lease pay the money to get that out and then scrape like $1,700 a month in expenses and rent because the rent was at market rate this time since I did it at the last minute to get up out of there and that was stressful as hell like it was it was a mess but I thought that was the worst point in life not to mention my fiance the same fiance I mentioned in that story about my child idol we had broke up like three months, three months prior. I was devastated. Now, well, I really wasn't devastated, devastated, because I knew it was kind of coming, you know. But like between that, losing the, the supposed love of your life at the time, and then losing a gig that you thought you was gonna be at forever, you know, like, and then realizing that you signed a whole ass lease and you gotta scrape up this money somehow to get it, like it was so much going on. I was like, damn, could this shit get any worse? And um. I realized like maybe this is teaching me something and I realized that it's teaching me to always do what's right no matter the consequence and it might it might suck but you should never let someone else's moral compass guide your own so I know that story kind of took me a long time to get there but don't ever let nobody's moral compass dictate your moral compass you know if you know deep down in your heart that something is not right or something isn't healthy for you or something's gonna put you in a situation that's gonna be shittier down the line Go ahead and stand up for yourself. And I know sometimes it can be scary because we a lot of the times this stuff happens at our workplaces, you know? Sometimes the place that we're supposed to be protected at and all these rules and HR and things like that, sometimes they don't protect us. And I understand that. But, you know, if you have to downplay your ability to use your conscience and do the right thing, like I said, and, and be that good stand-up person that you are, if you have to downplay that for the sake of corporate rules, maybe that's not the gig for you, you know? So that was what I learned about jobs. And I think that's actually why millennials aren't really loyal in the workplace. I love how they talk shit about millennials in, um, in America. They make us sound like we're just out here fucking up the land and not making opportunities for ourselves and we're lazy and we're disloyal. And I don't think anybody's actually understood the type of mindset that we're in. You know, like you have, we're, I think we're like stuck between knowing our parents have done a lot but also realizing that the system that we thought was supposed to take care of us has failed us and we get constant reminders every day if you turn on cnn turn on the news you get a constant reminder this system don't give a fuck about you and you know it's not it's not to be a negative thing you know but you at the same time what do you do if a system don't care you got to work within it to make it make it work for you if you depend on something that don't really care about you like that and ain't really trying to see you win what do you do you make a way for yourself to win you know so let me see how much time I got left. Okay, sorry. I'm just trying to make sure I'm not over here rambling for an hour. Hopefully, y'all will get something out of this. I just, I just have a lot on my mind. I just feel like just, I guess, releasing on this, uh, on this show here. But um, I think the people the reason why people say millennials are disloyal is because I think millennials understand that life is too short to waste their time on dumb shit, and that includes a job that will force you to have a degree 
to make $30,000 a year, $20,000 a year, $27,900 a year, you know, $35,000 a year. Like the, the world we live in isn't really, um, it's not the same as our parents. You can't go take out a house and, and pay $100,000 for no house. It's not like that no more, you know? Like a lot of people are not really subscribing to the idea of working for a, a single employer for 30, 40 years and retiring at 62. You know, like our food is not necessarily the most pure either. Our food is constantly being tampered with, you know? So it's like, we're realizing that the reality of a lot of stuff, um, I think, and also with the age of information and technology, I mean, I'm sure if our parents knew this, like we did, they probably wouldn't have subscribed to some of those ideals either. But then again, their parents came from the depression more than likely. I know my, my grandparents were, they were born during like that depression, like right after depression, so. Um, but yeah, I think millennials, like I said, are realizing that life is too short to, to do something by somebody else's plan. We can figure it out for ourselves. And I think that's why spirituality is becoming, um, quote unquote, spirituality. I think that's why that's becoming so popular, too. I think a lot of people are rejecting uh, religion or just kind of putting it out to the side because they want to see what works for them. You know, a lot of us have gotten our religious ideals because we were taught that, you know, like you're automatically in the church, you're automatically baptized, you're automatically, you know, told to read a book and things like that. And then for those who are still religious, that's okay, you know, that's that works for you, that's completely good. But for a lot of other um, people, they just go through this thing where they just have to figure it out. Like, hey, let me, let me at least make the choice to see what works for me. And I think that's really important. Even if you go back to somebody's church or cathedral or mosque or temple or what have you, even if you go back there, at least you made the choice to say, you know what, I know in my heart of hearts and deep down in my soul, this is what I need to do for me. And that's why I like to do Spiritual Homegirl because, again, it's all about the power of choice. People want you, you know, people say, like, the aesthetic is what makes you spiritual. Fuck that. I don't care. I've had plenty of pieces of shit dressing all types of colors, head wraps, whatever, jeans, suits. Like, a piece of shit is a piece of shit is a piece of shit, you know? I don't care what they got on. So... I don't want y'all to also think that spirituality has to be an aesthetic and looking a certain way makes you spiritual because it don't. I feel like how you treat yourself, how you treat other people, I think that really, to me, this is just my opinion, to me that's what really makes someone a spiritual, like a good spiritual being, you know? Using other people, manipulating others, I don't think that's cool under the guise of spirituality or religion or anything else, to be honest. I mean, I see it a lot too. Everyone, um, everyone wants to make an impact. And I feel like as long as the impact, for me, again, because you're going to have your own version, I feel like everyone wants to make an impact, and that's actually pretty dope. Everyone at least has, they know they have a responsibility or an obligation to make an impact somehow. But some people have it for different motives and different um, reasons, you feel me? And I just know for me, as long as I'm helping somebody or inspiring somebody to say, yo, I'm going to go do some dope-ass shit for myself and for the world or for my family or for whatever, or I'm going to go learn another you know, type of feel to study or learn about a particular topic for myself and kind of take what I need from that so I can better myself and other people then that's really what I do all of this for um, and, and that in itself makes me spiritual and I think that's dope but another thing that I realized to embrace is the, the whole spirit of duality you know like I don't like it when people try to shun um, they try to shun like bad parts of themselves or they try to act like it doesn't exist and I think you know a good step or a good first step to take and being whole is acknowledging you got them shits about you you know what I'm saying everybody got some ways about them everybody I don't believe nobody that says they don't have no flaws and they don't have no ways about them because you'll learn quickly if somebody got some shit about them when they're either not useful to you or when they don't get their way 
or um, you tell them no, you know? So um, everyone has something about them. But I think how you deal with that and try to flip it to better yourself makes a difference. That's why I always talk about shadow work. I know there's some other people out there talking about shadow work, like the Ford Institute. They actually had a whole documentary about it. I'm trying to remember what it was called. I think it was called The Shadow Self, if I remember correctly. But they touched on it where they were talking about, you know, some of the shit you see, like some of these politicians talking about anti-drug policies or anti-LGBTQ policies. They're usually caught with somebody in that community or caught with some damn drugs on them. Why? Because instead of handling their shadow stuff, they rather project their inability to deal on the other people. And it's just like, that's whack. You want to judge a whole group of people because you're not able to deal with something within yourself. You know, don't affect the, the status quo or the masses based on your one individual, you know, journey and inability to at least put the light on your own shit you know and just because and also another thing i want to focus on too when it comes to duality and shadow is you ain't got to tell everybody you got some some shit about you i know i do but like you don't have to say yo in order for me to rectify my shadow work i must confess to you all that i have shit about me no that's not that's not for us and don't feel like you have to have an audience to to go through your shit and to go through the mud because sometimes we have journeys where it's fluid and it's as clear as the caribbean ocean that i'm looking at right now or you have situations where it's as sticky and as dark and as, um, and as you might feel stuck, like the mud. You might feel like you you out here just stuck and don't really have a step to move forward or anything. But for, it's not about that, you know. Like don't don't expect us to validate you to 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 show that the work you're doing is valid or to show that you're even doing work to begin with, you know. So um, y'all, I am out here looking at somebody grown ass i'm sorry i'm just, i'm i'm low-key like really really um distracted right now oh my god i forget the caribbean has some of the most beautiful people on earth okay let me get my life okay we back so <laughs> as y'all know i always talk about somebody grown ass sun season Woo! anyway um <laughs> but yeah like don't ever feel like you have to have an audience to dictate how good of a, of a job you're doing on being a better person our opinions should never validate you feeling happy and knowing that you're doing work, it's, I feel like it should be good enough. And I know reassurances is different. Like, you know, saying, hey, you know, getting compliments and things like that, that's a beautiful thing. I'm not saying if somebody compliments you, be like, fuck your compliment. I don't need no audience. Not at all. But just don't do things solely for the approval of other people, you know? You don't need that. You know? Like, it's okay. You can... And another thing, too, I was telling somebody, um, there was somebody I was talking to yesterday, and they were telling me all the things they were doing, and they still feel like they weren't doing enough. And I know that we can be our biggest critics sometimes, but never, I won't say never because I don't want to sound like I'm telling you what to do. But please just don't sell yourself short by downplaying your accomplishments or your achievements for the sake of being humble. It's okay to celebrate yourself. Now, to me, I think, you know, and again, I have my own opinion on this, and everyone has their own guidelines of when, you know, where the ego kind of does a little too much. I feel like if you're using your accomplishments to shit on other people, and when I say shit on other people, I mean knowingly saying, yo, you ain't this, that, or other because you ain't doing this like I'm doing this. To me, I think that's blatant. I think sometimes people get insecure when somebody celebrates themselves and says, oh, well, you're talking about so-and-so. Nobody said nothing about the other group. Like, I think Maya Bailey posted something on his account where he was talking about celebrating black tattoo artists and artists because the institutions at the time did not want uh, artists and tattoo artists of colors to have their own shops and their own galleries and now here he is he's a member of you know you know he he's a member of obviously black tattooing community as well as black artist community and he has both a, a, you know a string of tattoo shops as well as art galleries and um, somebody hit him up and was like I'm tired of you talking about anti-white people and, and nothing in his quote said anything about white people at all he just said they just don't want us to have our own stuff and here we are 
you know, progressing and moving the culture forward, and we're able to have our own institutions in the face of that. And um, this person um, somehow took it as like it was an attack on him. And I just thought that was like really wild. Like, like wow, someone celebrates themselves and don't say nothing about shit on other people blatantly, and yet people still find a way to feel offended or feel like somebody's shaming the other. And that shows, to me, that shows a lot of projection. And I understand it because um, we have our, our ways and feelings and, and things like that. And when somebody says something that kind of feels like it could threaten our existence or, or invalidate us, we do take offense to it. And the reason why I say we is because I've been like that too. Another thing, too, that I want to share is just not to be bound by um, timelines. I know it's cool to want to be to a certain place by a certain time in life. But sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And I think it's about how we handle that not happening in the time frame we want that really makes a difference. I remember when I was going to be, you know, I was like 16 years old. I wrote in my book one time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be 25. I'm going to have three kids. I'm going to be married. I'm going to be making $100,000 a year. And uh, <laughs> uh, the only dog or dog or child is, is Notes. And as y'all know, he a whole dog. And I'm not married. And I ain't making no $100,000 a year. But my life is amazing. Like, I'm talking to y'all from a beach. I'm really looking at this whole beach right now. And I'm looking at all these families play together and enjoy each other. And it's beautiful weather and the waves are crashing. And it's just like, yo, like, I may not have done whatever I wanted to do on my timeline, but I'm right where I need to be. And this is the time frame that I need to be. Um, this, is, this is my time, essentially. So, um, so yeah, it's really dope. All we can do is take things one day at a time. So basically this whole like random episode is just about getting some grounding, getting some peace, and welcoming where you are at this particular time. Everyone says all the time, like this is my time, this is my time, my time is now. You're right. It's always been now. You know what I'm saying? You've always said that time. Ten years ago was your time. Five years ago it was your time. Whatever was going on was your time to go through it. So I think people kind of don't want to talk about the struggle times or the times where they may not have been ready or prepared or they may have gone through shit like I did, losing a job, losing a man, losing my, where I was living. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have been like, oh, that wasn't my time then. Maybe for what I thought I was going to do. But at the time, you know, like, I was 25. At the time, what I thought was going to be my husband and things like that, you know, that was not my time for that. But it was my time to get some real-ass lessons about being a better person and growing, you know? So it's always your time. It's just in terms of how you look at it that makes a difference. It was your time to learn something. What was it? It may not have been the thing that you wanted to happen, but what did you learn from it? Because if you're able to find something to learn, then that was your time to learn it. And that was this week's episode, uh, Random Beach Wisdom and the Beach Series episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com, Instagram, make peace with the day, and Spiritual Homegirl, as well as Spiritual Homegirl on YouTube and Facebook. And I know some of y'all like make peace with the day. Yes, I have decided to branch out with make peace with the day because I did not want that to be about spiritual homegirl, meaning me. I want to be about me. I want to be it where I'm just talking in front of the camera like I do on mine. Um, I kind of want to keep it a little bit more centered on ways that we can be more mindful throughout our day as well as um, get closure throughout the day, as well as embrace and accept the things and the circumstances that happen throughout the day. So if you look at Instagram, you'll see some some uh, posts that are kind of in the line of making better food choices, avoiding projected negative energy, um, also removing toxic people and situations, and also going outside and dealing with nature 
And I also have my workbook, for those who don't know. Make Peace with the Day, I didn't realize what I was doing with it until it was already done. So Make Peace with the Day ended up being an event series, which I do. And then it branched out into a workbook, which I have and I sell. That's on spiritualhomegirl.com. And then it branched out into aromatherapy products. I don't know how. I just kind of <laughs> I just started doing it. And then I finished my foundational course with my aromatherapy certification. So next thing I knew, I started making products because I was really happy and excited. And I started making them as like favors for those that would come to events. Next thing I know, I was selling them. So I was like, damn, it's amazing what happens when you just do, you know? Then what else is make peace with the day? Make peace of the day is shirts and hats. Like it's it's morphed into a whole nother thing that needs to be supported on its own. Um, versus me just trying to attach it to spiritual hunger all the time. Speaking of support, that's also another thing. I have been straddling the idea of what support was. I saw a post from a woman that I really admire. She don't know it though. Um, well, no, she do. I think I told her once in person. I was like, yo, you dope as hell. You hella dope. But um, I saw her always out and about events last year. And I saw her posting about other people's events. And I said, wow, she's really out here. She's out here doing it. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was really dope and I respected that. Then came January 1st of this year, which we all know is the uh, Gregorian New Year. And she literally put a post that said, I'm only dealing with reciprocal energies or something like that. And I kind of stopped. And again, I wasn't going to judge her because that's her that's her feelings and that's her post and that's her platform and that's how she feels. I wasn't going to try to question or comment or try to do anything on the contrary because I think that invalidates people's feelings. I think that's that's also whack too. When people are saying something on their platform and it really isn't bothering nobody and it's not hurting nobody, it's always somebody that's like a well-actually person that jumps on and feels like they have to say their two cents. Like It's almost like you could tell they be itching for like comments to like jump on. Like Scrolling is just too hard for them like self-discipline but I don't want to go into all of that but she basically said she was not going to be supporting people who didn't support her and I kind of took that I received that obviously um it wasn't to me but I, I was kind of like for some reason it just stuck with me really really hard and I sat on it for five months five whole months meaning I sat on it until maybe two days ago and I was trying to formulate an opinion or a stance on this. Because what I don't like to do is I don't like to put people on the spot when it comes to what they believe. I'd rather you tell me you don't really have a clear-cut um, belief or you're currently in the process of researching or gathering more information than just coming to a conclusion for the sake of just having something to talk about. So I kind of sat on it. And um, then I thought about the Village Market in Atlanta and how – and by the way, shout-out to them. Forever shout-out to them. Forever gratitude. They gave me my very first um, speaking engagement opportunity and I'll always be grateful to them for that and based on their mission I think it's it's gonna I'm gonna always respect the mission um that they have so with the village market Atlanta their main mantra their main slogan is support is a verb and I and that's kind of what sold the seed so that seed was sold November last year old girl posted her stuff in January and it just really started to like, that was like the water to the sea. Next thing you know, I got a tree growing in my head about what the hell it supports to me. And I realized um, I needed to do a better job supporting my people. And I actually need to probably adopt the same stance, but in my own way. And then I kind of thought about it straight out the fence. I said, well, expectation. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not about expectation in this particular circumstance. I said, what it is is that what we all do, whether it's me, whether it's my friends who are choreographers, producers, engineers, um, 
graphic design artists, painters, singers, rappers, whatever it is, um, business owners, not even saying just creatives in general, but just business owners, we all have a mission. And that mission is to fool with those who really fool with what we do. Yeah, it's cool to get shit to the masses. That sounds wonderful, but you could give me a strong five then give me a fake ass 100. Like legit, give me the real trill deal for show damn for the cost five and we'll make some shit happen. But don't give me a hundred for the sake of just having a hundred. I don't want that. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people could agree. Um, if you got a five that you know is going to support or buy an album or go to a concert or go to an event or buy a product or buy a painting or, or do something, I'm pretty sure we can all appreciate that more than a 100 that's hella flaky because they just want to be down for the ride. Or they just want to kind of see what you do or they want to see if you're going to fall on your face. So I realize that support really is more than just a noun. It really and truly, really and truly is a verb. And I spoke on this before, but like it really is like resonating with me now. Like I picked the hella stance on this and I can stand in that and I can actually share that with you all. Now granted, all stances are subject to change or improve or grow or evolve or even be eradicated over time. But as of today, this is exactly where I stand when it comes to support. And um, then you take out the whole support piece in terms of supporting with your dollars and things like that or supporting with your energy or your presence being there if dollars isn't a factor. And um, I know some people like likes. I rather I rather take the energy. Give me the energy more than anything else. I need to know if I'm actually, you know what I'm saying, am, am I getting through to you? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I really, I mean, and maybe it's just the way I am as a, as a person, but like I really enjoy interacting and, and um as my grandma say, fellowshipping <laughs> and connecting with those that I really feel are on the same wavelength. And then Young Paris came out with an album um, last week called My Tribe. And I talking to him also, too, he was an, a, uh, an episode guest a few weeks back. And then just kind of knowing how he gets down, he's really big on tribe. So you have young parents and the whole tribe mentality. Then you have old girl in her post about support and reciprocal energy. Then you have the village market. All this stuff is in my head and I'm processing it. And I'm like, you know what? Facts. Big facts. Like, I, I really, <laughs> it goes back to my homeboy Ty, who was actually another guest on Mental Matters. He had posted this meme that said, two wrongs don't make a right, but two dead ass. No, two facts make a dead ass. Or whether two dead ass make a facts. I probably shouldn't have said that since I just killed the joke. My bad, sorry, if you're listening. But um, but it was just it was just interesting. I was like, wow, this is really, really resonating with me in a in a way that I can't really it's it's a strong it's a strong resonation with me and I can't explain why. And I don't know what I need to do with this. So I think this is my way of kind of reconciling all of those feelings because this is my mindset now. I can only hope to find my tribe whether it's people that I found in the past that rock with me now whether it's people that I'm starting to somewhat find they're like yo this might be her and I'm like yo this might be you you might be tribe oh she might be tribe whether it's them or whether it's future tribe people that you know might hear this episode a year from now two years from now five years from now and are like yo I'm so glad I found you those are the people that I want to connect with I don't want to connect with nobody else other than the tribe and I know that probably sounds oh that's so exclusionary no 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 it's about the energies. I want to be able to connect with people that are on a wavelength of wanting to know better and do better. Now, granted, I didn't say perfect. I didn't say I want to be a guru. I didn't say I want to be a hella expert. I didn't say I want to tell you how to do your life. But I want to interact with those 
who are on the journey of self-discovery and on the journey of figuring things out and, and learning to take things how they come. Not saying all days are going to be good or bad, but just knowing that it's going to come and you have to deal and you got to figure out how to deal. And um, are open to all of these different things and resources and tools that we have to be the best people that we can be. That's my tribe. And those are the people that I honestly want. And I realized there's nothing wrong with that. Because at first I was kind of wondering with old girls post. I said, yo, like, it goes back to the whole four agreements and the whole expectations and blah, 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 blah. And, and I was like, if, sometimes it really ain't that damn deep. Sometimes it's just as simple as being like, you know what? Fool with those who fool with you. Because it's almost like a cup. You have a cup. This person has a cup. You pouring your cup into their cup. They're fooling. Your ass is empty. How does that work? Now, granted, you can say, oh, well, you should do things out of the kindness of your heart. Yes. And you should do things, you know, if you really fool with them, not to expect any kind of reciprocal, reciprocal, excuse me, support. But I feel like fooling with your tribe avoids that because your tribe will have that mutual love, energy, respect, and effort to nurture whatever it is that you guys have between you. So that's how I've been able to kind of... Uh, been able to kind of figure that out and for those who are listening this is legit I'm I don't I don't rehearse my intros or outros and somebody is probably listening that's probably a podcast expert or something it's probably like you probably should but I just I just want to make sure that things are as authentic as possible when it comes to me talking to y'all especially at the end of these episodes because I noticed lately and I didn't notice it until recently that I always share what's on my heart or what's on my mind um at the end of these episodes and it's really important to me like it's it's, it is, and it's almost like a like a, a audio journal in some aspects, but, like, my whole, like, vision of support has really began to start to solidify. Like, this is really what, and I'm pretty sure a lot of my friends that are creatives um, can agree, and business owners and friends and things like that, like, they can agree. Even people that don't have a, a output or a product or something, they want to fool what they try. They want friends that, that give a fuck about what they're doing or will come to them you know, in a time of need and vice versa, and they can be there for each other and be ears to listen to and give sound, solid advice and support them in decisions they might for the betterment of their of their being. I think we all want that. And I be I, and I think we all truly, as some of y'all ain't going to admit it, because sometimes it's easy to over-intellectualize shit and be hella self-righteous and shit, but I think a lot of us do want that. I think a lot of us do want reciprocal energy. And even though we listen to people and gurus and experts and other people and books and Instagram stories and memes and shit that says we shouldn't, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting that because everything is truly an energy exchange. It really is. I seen another post from a woman who was a, uh, she like a witch. And she said, you know, somebody asked her why her healing couldn't be for free. And she said, well, her knowledge and her experience and the things that she's learned along the way, that's not free. And she said, I'm providing a service and that provides some type of something for that. I can't keep I can't drain out and have, you know, heal or burnout because people don't want to pay me because they feel like it should be free. And I was kind of like, you know what? I get that, though. I actually I actually get that. There's a service that's provided. I don't see the problem with that, because, again, everything is an energy exchange. And people, when you give, 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 give. It can burn you out if there's nobody pouring into you. So I actually understood that. So that's, that's kind of been like on me lately to talk about. And since I had stood so long, five whole months, thinking of what my stance was, and then it came to me a few days ago, I decided to share. But yeah, that's pretty much it, y'all. This intro has gone, or outro, I should say, has gone way too long. But that's my stance on support. And for those who fool with me, like truly are down and truly, truly support, um, 
and are a part of the homegirl tribe, I hella appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Y'all are who I do this for. So thank you very much um, for everything. That's why I always try to my best to remember to thank y'all every episode. Because if I don't have no tribe, you know what I'm saying? Who am I doing this for? Don't nobody. I don't want to hear myself talk for a whole hour when it's just me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, I appreciate y'all's support. I really do. Like listening to an episode, coming to an event, purchasing a workbook, purchasing a aromatherapy inhaler. If you actually caught me on some other shit, thank you for supporting an actual aromatherapy oil blend that I made. If you caught me doing that, thank you for supporting with a, a, a hoodie or asking about t-shirts or giving me money for, you know, car readings, you know, like for that, the service that I provide there, I don't advertise it, but I do do animal medicine readings as well as, um, natal chart analysis. So, and also shout out to William Ryan too. He supported like a week ago. So thank you very much for getting your natal chart done by yours truly. But, um, yeah, just thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for being a part of the tribe. Thank you for allowing me to interact with you. Thank you for allowing me to even talk to you for an hour, you know, once a week. Thank you for, you know what I'm saying, the DM conversations. I have a lot. Of, my DMs be off the chain. When I, and they don't mean in a bad way in terms of content and negativity and sexual stuff. Nothing like that at all. But I really legit be having some cool conversations with some of y'all. And especially, like, my listeners that actually DM me. Thank y'all. Because at least lets me know you you be out here checking me out outside of Instagram. Because there's more to life than Instagram. There's so much more that people do outside of the social media pages. So just thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. But that's it, y'all. Um, this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. And go find your tribe. And go support them. Peace. <laughs>